This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Let's go back in time to 1932 as Converse brings you historic footage of the legendary original Celtics with whom all great professional teams are compared. We have now taken over your radio. Richie Guerin is about to show you the most important step in getting past a man. It's the first one. And Oscar will inbound it. The men in green, the Milwaukee Bucks, that's Al Cinder against Bellamy. Classic NBA podcast. I am Jason Mann. With me, as always, as Rich Krejci, and we are talking about the uh, top fifty uh, players of all time uh, today. We are talking about Steve Nash, and our special guest is Brian Schroeder of Harvard Proxism. Brian, welcome to the show. Hello. How are you doing? Doing well. Uh, Rich, how are you? I'm doing well. Don't worry about me. We got a guest. Right. We have someone All else. Right. So don't 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 concern yourself with me. I'm fine. I'm fair, fair <laughs> enough. So um, so we're going to talk about uh, Steve Nash's case for being in a theoretical top fifty as we are continuing this project. Uh, we have a a pretty good episode detailing Steve Nash's uh, career uh, from the uh, previous fall. So if you've not listened to that, I also recommend uh, checking that out. We'll probably have that in the uh, show notes. Um, but as far as just his top 50 case goes, uh, statistically, uh, he's 36th all time in win shares, 62nd in win shares per 48, 182nd in box floor plus minus 92nd in value over placement player, uh, two MVP awards, uh, third, uh, MVP runner up, which I actually forgot about, uh, that he was that close to a third MVP, um, three times on the all NBA first team, twice on the second team, uh, twice <laughs> on the uh, third team. Uh, he had four top 10 seasons in win shares per 48. He was actually never in the top 10 in value over replacement player. I imagine that's because of defense. Yeah. And he was a third all-time in assists, first in free throw percentage, and 15th in true shooting percentage. So, uh, Brian, you uh, you volunteered to talk about uh, Steve Nash to, I, I guess, make the case for him. So, um, so what's the case for Steve Nash? Well... First off, the most important case for him is that you often hear him talked about as if he was really, really good for like five years and then just kind of pretty good the rest of the way. And it honestly, he's one of the more consistent players of the entire millennium to this point. Just looking here, from 1999 to 2013, he played at least 1,500 minutes, shot at least 46% from the field, and at least what is it, over 40 every year, at least 39% from, from deep every year. Or what? What is that? 
from when he was 24 to when he was 38. That's at least 11 points for 36, which for him isn't always wasn't always given. Given he, I think his high career high for 36 shots was like 13 and a half. So he just he just from a shooting perspective, he's one of the most consistent shooters of all time, and that's not even the part of his game that aesthetically was most memorable. You know, he's the, one of the flashiest passers he's ever lived. Also, one of the best. To be fair. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I think when it comes to the mix of you know ability to score and, and ability to pass, at least ability to score efficiently and pass, you know, there aren't very many uh, players who are even you know kind of near his league. I mean, I guess Steph Curry is emerging in that conversation, but yeah. he hasn't quite done enough in his career to be um, to, to quite be there. Um, but um, you know, certainly he, he has that. Uh, and I've, you know, as you mentioned. Um, he, as we've previously mentioned, he directed some of the best offenses in NBA history, the most influential offenses in terms of changing uh, the... Also the, an important, the, uh, important thing. Yeah, note, yeah. Is that... the, the pace and style of the game. Um, and I, yeah, I'd say the weaknesses in his career are uh, he was not a good defender. And um, in, for a superstar... Um, guard, he did not really shoot very often. So the efficiency yeah. certainly is there, but if he had shot at a higher volume, you know, is the efficiency um, that strong? You know, he never had to take on that role and being able to take on that role and take those amount of shots maybe is a more valuable <laughs> skill than um, you know, being efficient and taking fewer shots. It's tough because, of course, Nash had the ball in his hands a lot and directed the offense, and he's very important. But you know, there, there's there's that to his consider. His usage I think. was pretty consistently in the twenties, so it's not like he didn't shoot. But he was never right. he was never. I mean, easy comparison. He's never what Westbrook is now. Who in Westbrook last year had what a, a usage over thirty and like a assist percentage over forty or something? Just obscene amounts of workload. Nash was never that. He was never going to be that. His body couldn't hold out to it for one. I mean, he would last four or five years. He was Larry Birding it and not even sitting down on the bench, just laying on the on the sand on the sideline because he couldn't handle sitting in those chairs. It's also impressive. He did this till he was thirty eight, and then he fell apart. That's <laughs> important. Yeah, right? and I I think the best part about him and, and the thing that we're going to talk about here in a little bit when we talk about the advanced stats is when you look at, at the two pockets that he sort of there, there's not many people who have that where. And, and Jason mentioned this as well, where he's an elite all-time great passer and then, like, an elite all-time efficient, you know, scorer as well, where, you know, he's not a high-volume scorer, but he's super efficient, a great shooter, whereas we don't get that with a lot of the other guys. No. And a lot of guys I'm going to list here are, you know, your Mark Jackson types, those sort of guys that were great passers, all-time great passers, but they couldn't do it at the level that Nash did on the offensive end. And to be as good at three-point shooters as well, it's just so rare. I mean, that's when, you know, when Jason Kidd put that together in the, you know, the back half of his career, it propelled, you know, it was one of the big parts of his team, you know, yeah. winning a title or whatever. And Nash had that the entire time of his career. It was like, yeah, I can hit threes and I can pass like crazy. I mean, that, that you don't get that very often. He had in the 05, 06, 07 era, he led the league in true shooting twice while also leading the league in assist percentage those same years. That's insane, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and he had three-pointer rates near 40, near 0.4. So it's, it's yeah, it's it's theoretically it shouldn't happen. It shouldn't be able to happen. Somebody is that prolific, really. It just, this is, I guess, it's the benefit of, of just being in the right place at the right time, going to Phoenix with D'Antoni at age 30. I mean, that's the thing. He, he won his two MVPs in his early 30s, and then continue playing for nearly another decade. That's just odd. He's an odd player. 
as far as a great <laughs> player go, play, good players go, he's, his trajectory was not anywhere near what a great player should be. Although he, I mean, in Dallas, I think people sometimes will pretend like he was a role player in Dallas. Like he was, mm-hmm. what, oh two oh three, nineteen points for thirty six, eight assists, played twenty seven hundred minutes. Well, I mean, just he was there. He was honestly nearly as good as Dirk was for a little bit there. Maybe not. Right. And and people knew he was good too. And that that's the thing that sort of unfortunately has become part of the narrative is that you know the Suns kind of plucked this guy out of you know and and you know obviously it's it's not exactly to that extent where they just plucked him out of nowhere. But people kind of assume that the Mavs sort of said, eh, yeah, go away, whatever. Yeah. You know, who cares? You're not that important. And then Phoenix said, oh, we, we think you know, no, they knew. I mean, Dallas knew what he was and what he was capable of and what he could do or whatever. And you know, Cuban still talks about how it pains him to this day uh, of how that. I mean, that was not a guy that they were like, yeah, whatever. You know, go away, Steve Nash. Yeah. Don't need you or whatever. I mean, they knew his value, and I, I think a lot of people that were ardent watchers of the NBA knew his value, knew what he was worth. So yeah, the the, the narrative that you know Phoenix kind of discovered him is isn't quite you know accurate. And I don't think that many people think that. But I you think know, that I said, might it, have been it, the it, narrative for a little while when he <laughs> first burst on the scene, burst into superstar. Like, where is the where'd this guy come Phoenix? from? Yeah, like, there's a little bit like of that. that, and part of that's because I, I assume we all watched more Sports Center around that. It's just that was the Sports Center narrative. <laughs> this easy narrative, and now it's. I have to say, he'd be where he shoots. I mean, he didn't really shoot from mid-range at all, really. He's a modern player. Yeah. He was the, he was the, <laughs> I, I, I feel like player. he'd be more appreciated. Well, I mean, he'd be not maybe not quite as electric as Steph Curry as a scorer, but I feel like he'd be regarded similarly. There were similar players. So, uh, do, Doing some of his stats here, and, and Jason mentioned, I'm going to do uh, some advanced stats here, and then we'll talk a little bit about, you know, you know kind of wrap up Steve Nash and what we sort of think about him. Uh, I did comparisons to his era and position. I thought that was important throughout the entire process to look at guys, you know, guards of his era and, and sort of where he ranks among stuff. Uh, he's 65th all-time amongst guards in his era for uh, points per 36. Uh, third in assists per 36. The only guys better are John Stockton and Mark Jackson. Uh, 13th in value over replacement player. Uh, fourth in win shares. The only guards higher than him are Kobe Bryant, you know, Ray Allen, and Jason Kidd. You really, you only look at Jason Kidd as like a pure point yeah. guard in that in that realm. So that's, that's impressive, too. So essentially second among point guards in his era, you know, next to Jason Kidd. And then ninth in win shares per 48. And then I thought this is a, an awesome one. His third in effective field goal percentage among guards in his era. And the only guys that are better than him are Brett Berry and Steve Kerr. And those were guys that were not asked to do, no. you know, uh, <laughs> you know, three-fourths of what Steve Nash was, was asked to do. I mean, those guys are, you know, sit here and someone pass me the ball and I'll shoot it type guys. Nash wasn't that and yet still ranks you know, third behind those two guys. And I think that's super, super impressive. Uh, then I'll look at rates among position all time. So this is guards of all time. Uh, he fifth in assists per 36. The only guys better than him are John Stockton, Johnny Moore, uh, Porter, and, and Chris Paul. So that's, you know, great company to keep. Yeah. 130, uh, 141st uh, in points per 36. But again, this is including shooting guards and stuff like that. So if we look at just guards, that's not necessarily his game in that sense. Uh, 11th and three, uh, three-point percentage, which I think is incredible. For being a point guard, I mean yeah. that, that's insane. Twenty uh, third in th- uh, field goal percentage, twenty fourth in value replacement, and then again, what I think is awesome is fifth in effective field goal percentage all time among guards. I mean that's that's right there. I mean that yeah. for me right there, that's a no brainer that you're going to put this guy in here because just looking at that, you go, wow, this guy's a great scorer. Oh wait, yeah, and he's also you know fifth all time in assists per thirty six. Like he, he's he's pretty much a, 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 a you know a home run for me. Uh, yeah, go ahead. Well, I'm just think, I'm looking at his playoff for 36s, and they're in a lot of ways more more impressive. Honestly, he had a bad 0304, but he shot so much more, and he still shot 48 percent, 37 percent, 38, 36, 48 from three for extended periods. Well, he was shouldering much more of the offense. 
for the seven seconds or less teams, where it, you know it's the playoffs. You can't just run simple Mario Sotomayor pick and rolls all the time. You can do that in January when you're playing the Grizzlies, but you can't really do that against the Spurs in in May. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, um, you know, one thing I, I wonder, like, where kind of does Nash belong, like, in the tiers of point guards? Like, I, like, I think the, the, the first tier for me is like Magic, um, Oscar, Stockton, and maybe he, once he accomplishes a few more seasons, I think he could kind of throw Chris Paul in that mix. Um, and then is, you know, is he like in the immediately next year or, you know, is he down a few point guards? Like where kind of is his place? Like, uh, you know, uh, among in, in that list in, in those tiers, I'd, I'd put him in that second tier, but I can understand lowering him a little, but I mean, who's his, if you're going too much lower, you're, you're putting him with the Kevin Johnson. And I, I mean, I, you could put Gary Payton above him. I, I personally probably do that, but. The Kevin Johnsons of the world, and I, I'm fine with his defense. Was a, I mean, you always hear the, the caveat that he was a good team defender, which is true. Steve Nash was intelligent, but like, it didn't really matter. You hear that about Jose Calderon, and Calderon's also pretty abysmal. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't know. We, we so would we put him? Would we put him in first or Jason Kidd in first? That's that seems more, more like a personal preference, and maybe an aesthetic preference. Like I'm perfectly fine with someone thinking that Jason Kidd was a better point guard. He might have been. But importantly here, Nash also... I've, I've said a few times that Nash and Chris Paul, the only two recent point guards who seem to always dribble where they mean to dribble, but Nash always has the trick where he looks like he's not meaning to. Or like he... His trick, his dri- just his basic dribble was so tricky in that it would, it would seem like he was out of control when he wasn't, and I really feel like that would just create space and, and trick people. Chris Paul is more machine-like. Or I don't think I've ever seen Chris Paul, Chris, Chris Paul miss dribble on his own. You know, he, he, everything he does looks like it's what he meant to do all along, which is an amazing trait. Now, Magic obviously had that as well. And Stockton did, but he wasn't – it's hard to notice because he just never did anything differently. <laughs> uh, but uh, but I, I, Nash – it's I, I you could put kid above him, above him. That's fine. Peyton, I said you could probably put above him, who also is, in a lot of ways, criminally underrated. Um, I think it's more from that. I mean, we have a real there's a real gap in point guard. Like point guard hierarchy is pretty recently weighted for obvious reasons. And then there's, I think Terry Porter's really good, but I'm, I'm, I put him in that third tier. Yeah, Billups maybe. Billups, yeah, Billups, KJ. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Um, kind of, I suppose you should get the first step in that, at least in the third tier at this point. Yeah, we got to start talking about him a little bit. Yeah, to, to maybe bump him up there. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know for this project right now, but yeah, it, it's he's worth yeah, putting in there. Yeah, sure. yeah, it's just yeah. Your point guard tiers. So that's different than you know just players in general. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I think that I you know I I'm leaning toward Nash you know being in. Um, I, I think he's definitely on the likely list. I just just kind of the thing to think about is. I mean, I don't necessarily, we don't necessarily need to have 10 players from all five positions or anything like that on the list, but I do think there some positional balance does make sense. It just like some era balance, some, you know, yeah. a little bit of balance of everything. So I'm just kind of trying to do the mental exercise of, okay, well, where, you know, where does he land? And if he's like, you know, five or four or five or six, then yeah, I think is a, there's a real good chance he's like he's on the list. If he's more like eight or nine or ten, then you know it's it's a little bit more questionable. 
And I would wonder just who could easily name seven or eight or nine definitively better point guards. And I, I challenge someone to do that. Yeah, I, I you know, um, I mean, there are probably some of the early point guards um, that. I mean, Kuzi, you could Kuzi was great, but I'm wondering where, like, where's. Yeah, I don't know. It's difficult. Yeah, it's 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 a difficult thing. I mean, I I think you know, uh, I think there's a good chance that you know he's right. Like I said, in that in that four, five, and six range, depending on exactly where you you know you you, you kind of fall. But he's 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 right around there, I would guess. Rich, do you agree? Yeah, I, I absolutely. Yeah, I, I think. I think Brian brought up the good point is that when you, you know, you talk about that second tier guys, then you get into guys like a Kevin Johnson. Right? And I think Steve Nash is demonstrably better than, than Kevin and, and absolutely. Right. Yeah. So I, he, he's not in that first pocket. And then I guess you almost have to start a new category because I don't know who's in that second. Cause he's better than those second guys, but I feel like he's, he's definitely less than the, but I don't know. I mean, I could almost put him in that first pocket and probably be okay with it. Just think of him as, you know, maybe the lowest guy enough. That, and that's not, you know, any slouches, you know, to be the fifth best point guard of all time. But no, I think he's absolutely in that top. He's top, just so much tier. worse a defender than all those other guys. You can't really. Yeah, that, yeah, that's, that's, really yeah, just yeah. Almost put yeah. like another little like one point five tier. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, all those guys at least had that on that end. But then again, you know, you look at a shooter, and he's a better shooter than they all were. So it's it's yeah. it's an interesting, that's, that's uh, you know, dynamic yeah. there of which. Uh, kind of... Walt Frazier, I would put him ahead of. Um, I would put him ahead of Nash probably. But but I mean, I'm fine you're still with that. talking. I'm fine with that. Yeah. You're still talking like five, you know, or six guys. I mean, I, I still think Nash. I, I don't think the numbers game are hurting Nash yet, unless we you know, do a bunch more research and find a bunch of guys who we, you know, kind of think. But I, I think he's around the number where I would say he's fairly safe. Yeah, if you're going with any real positional balance, if you're not just weighting it all towards, you know, all the dominant centers in history, he's probably. I can't. I can't conceive of him not getting in it some, somehow. Just personally, just what he means. What he, uh, and yeah. again, but, he's so important to the like the NBA right now is as Alvin, as Alvin Gentry would like to tell you, just incredibly indebted to him and to Antonio. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and um, yeah, I mean, you know, influence is definitely part of our criteria, I think. And um, I, you know, he's you've, you've made the case; he's definitely a very strong. Uh, when it comes to that as well. Is there any, anything else, Brian, that you want to uh, add about Nash? Um, I think he's one of the better athletes in the history of the NBA, just from a conditioning standpoint. And, I mean, he, he similarly to Bird, he, he held his body together almost through sheer will and conditioning for three or four years at the end. And he was really, really good in 2012 when he, by all accounts, should not have been, just you know going by the basic trajectory of the player would have. But, you know, he, from... The entirety of the 2000s, that decade, he was incredibly efficient, incredibly good. And that's not that's not an easy thing to do. I feel, I feel like that's maybe something we should we should all appreciate a little more. Yeah, um, for, for someone his size, uh, you know, for, for point guards to, you know, have that kind of longevity that, like, that he had in, late in his career. I mean, there's, uh, you know, there's Stockton and Kitt. And that's really about it. You know, post 35 point guards and post 35 players in general rare, but especially point guards. That's, that's an incredibly rare thing. Mm-hmm. All right, Brian. Well, uh, thanks so much for uh, being on the show. Is there anything that you would like to tell people about that you uh, do or anything like to plug or, or what have you? Uh, I'm not really doing anything right now in the off season. I have a, 
some stuff I might be writing later, but until the season starts, it's just we got almost three months. It's, this is ridiculous. <laughs> That's why we're doing this. Yeah, so. yeah. Fast the time. So watch basketball. Watch NBA TV. I guess just find as much as you can. There was a Grant Hill fifty point game on there a few days ago. It was terrible, but that was fun to watch. <laughs> until then, I guess you know. I mean, uh, all praises to the HP overlords. I guess we must yes. all. Uh, there is no uh, resistance is futile to the HP board. <laughs> and at some point, all three of us are going to have to get together to talk wrestling one of these days. Yeah. So we'll, uh, that's that's what we really want to talk. This there NBA stuff is the distraction. Talking, talking some wrestling. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. All right. Our deep dark that Jason and I don't tell people about. Yeah. Right. Some people. You revealed a lot on these podcasts. I feel like Richard. So <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, Brian, thanks so much for. The... Go ahead. John John Wall is eighth all time in assists per game. I didn't realize that. Really? Eight point six seven. Yeah. Huh. Oh, that is higher than higher than Nash and Rondo. Stefan Marbury, that's not that's right. There you go. Yeah, Wall, Wall, <laughs> Wall might be another guy we're talking about in ten years. Uh, this I, I have to imagine so at this point. We have way too many good players, and we really yeah. That's the thing about this is like you know we're not even really considering the great generation of point guards that's um coming up um now you know as far as this list i mean um you know chris paul is the, you know pretty much the the most recent guy who I, I think we're seriously considering and there's you know as we mentioned steph and there's you know other guys who are just incredible who are definitely going to be you know worth westbrook. consideration in another 10 years westbrook absolutely yeah so then we look at uh, i'm just trying to figure, fill out the sort of the two second and third tiers i think mark price is probably a third tier guy that we forget about mark price was fantastic yeah and, and maybe no, the closest to the the pure. Yeah. Like we we talked about the sh- the really really great shooter and also a real good passer as well. Yeah, he'd he'd probably be the next closest to, yeah, uh, to Nash in that in that respect of those two. You know, blending those two together. Yeah, Isaiah Arthur, Thomas too. He's another one who yeah. I you know even though the advanced sets don't, don't like him quite as much, I do feel like he's a guy who, yeah, I, I think in that second tier, I think he's you know a strong candidate for that. Oh, he's definitely second tier. I, I wouldn't be if I did put him higher than that, honestly. Mm-hmm. It, it, as I played in a league that wasn't tailored to the advanced stats we have for this league, it's yeah. I don't know. It's hard to. I, I don't. I put stock into, but I put more stock into analyzing current players with our current this world. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I, the, the one the thing that players in the past. Yeah, the the one thing about Isaiah is that he didn't necessarily grade out somewhat as compared to the players of of his era as well. But I think there's you know enough intangibles. Yeah. I think we're gonna talk more about Isaiah in, in future shows to kind of get into that. But um, but yeah, I your your point about the difficulty of comparing players in different eras is well taken. We've definitely found that in our uh, in our research right, for for sure. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, uh, Brian, thanks so much for uh, being on the show. And uh, everyone, um, you can find us at hardwoodparoxysm.com, part of the HP Basketball Network. And uh, also check us out our forums at overandbacknba.com, where you can can, uh, discuss any of the players that we talk about or any of the shows or really any topic about uh, basketball history that you're interested in. Just uh, go to overandbacknba.com and sign up. It's easy, and uh, we'll be glad to see you so thanks everyone for listening and we'll talk to you again soon
Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.